Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a PE podcast by the Lancashire Post. This week we're discussing the return to contact training, the positive COVID tests at Springfield. We'll be talking contracts and transfer rumours. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals and with me, as always, is Dave Seddon. I'm going to be talking about all things PE and a bit more, as per usual. Dave, it's episode nine now, which has taken probably longer than we expected once we started getting going on this. And I don't think we expected to be recording it still in our houses or anything like that, but needs must, I suppose. Yeah, coronavirus stop play, you know, to use yeah. a cricket term or a tennis term, I don't know, yeah, but no, it's still, it's weird, isn't it? When we started these podcasts with these sort of January, February time and, um, you know, coronavirus was just beginning to be a thing, wasn't it? You know, yeah, you, we used to record down at UCLan and there were notices up if you've flown in from China at any point, sort of, please isolate and things like that. And here we are now in, in early June, you know, still sat at home, um, working from home, living our lives a little bit differently, aren't we? Uh, sort of. I don't think I've worn a pair of long trousers now since about February, March. Well, since March, since it shut down, just lounged around at home in shorts all the time. So, I, absolutely I, bizarre. So, I moved into this house in, in March, and mm. I don't think I've ironed a shirt since I, <laughs> since I moved in. I don't, think I, I don't think I've ironed a shirt since I got married, mate. So, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> my wife does that. But, uh, no, but I know what you mean. It's just, just a weird existence at the moment isn't it sort of yeah. you know working at your dining room table sort of you know living your life around that and sort of you know you, you get up you work you have a bit of time and then you go to bed again and, and yeah. do it all over again yeah so but that's drive, enough of our drive, domestic yeah. <laughs> that's enough <laughs> of our domestic chores isn't it I know yeah we start talking about the football and uh, I mean well, yeah, it, doesn't get much, it doesn't get much more positive unfortunately if we start with the uh, Couple of positive <sighs> COVID tests. At, at yeah, there's a pun, Tom. Blimey. We've got, we, so Jaden Stockley was the, was the first one to be confirmed and he was asymptomatic. We've had another one come out just this week. So this has been record, uh, recorded on, what is it? I don't even know the day. Is it Wednesday? Wednesday today, Tom. Wednesday, Wednesday right. Wednesday, yeah. I had one day <laughs> off. So to me, it's Tuesday. Um, so we're this on Wednesday. So, so far the player is, uh, the second player is unnamed and that'll come mm. out on, on Thursday when all the FL stuff comes out. But we yeah. believe that, 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 pl- that player is uh, asymptomatic. That's um, correct, yeah. And it's it's not really going to cause too much disruption, is it? As unfortunate <laughs> as these diagnoses are. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you're right there, Tom. You know, obviously, we wish Jaden Stockley and whoever the other player is yeah. the, the very best, um, you know, in their recovery from this, even though neither of showing any symptoms and are feeling fine, you know, it's, it's, I suppose it's going to be a bit of a scary time for him knowing that, you know, in your body, you have got that virus, you know, but I think, I think what, what one thing we need to say, Tom, is like, it's, we're almost, t- I don't know, we're in danger of turning this into some kind of stigma, aren't we? Oh my God, he's caught coronavirus. Well, mm. this is a virus that's swept through the world, sort of taking no prisoners at times, you know, while it does seem to target Pacific 
people with, you know, maybe with health issues more and more the elderly, you know, it can, you know, it's still a virus which is, you know, hitting a lot of people, you know, and there's not a lot you can do to get out of the way of it, really. So, um, but as I say, that's me on my political soapbox there. No, <laughs> got these, you've got these two lads, as, as you say. Yeah, Jaden Stockley was tested last Thursday. Um, I think North End found out the test result on the Friday. And on the Saturday, the EFL um, released their data. What 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 what's important to know, Tom, is that um, what the what the EFL do. Players are tested twice a week in the Championship, and I think they're starting in League Two now. Uh, they're tested either on a Monday or a Tuesday, and a Thursday or a Friday. North End are tested. They test the players Monday morning before training, and on a Thursday morning before training. Then. What happens when the swabs are all sent off to an independent laboratory who test them? The results are then sent to the EFL, correlated there, and are shared with the clubs. Now, the EFL don't want the clubs, don't like the clubs saying anything, um, whether they've had negative tests or positive tests, until they, the EFL confirm it in one big batch. They will say, we tested 1,124, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. from the championship. This many tested positive, it came from so many clubs and the EFL leave it at that. Then it's up to the individual clubs whether they want to confirm they've had a positive test or they might hint that they've not had any um, positive tests at all. Or if they have had a positive test, they might decide to be open and transparent about who those who that player is or those players are. Um, such as North End did with Jaden Stockley. I think they followed the leader Blackburn with Elliot Bennett, um, who tested positive, you know, just before Jaden Stockley. And I think, you know, they, they did a very open, honest interview. And they decided to do the same with Jaden Stockley put him up the interviewed him you know like via zoom and you know Jaden confirmed yeah I'm feeling all right disappointed to have got this test result however so that's how it works now the second positive test only came out it, news was leaked out somehow so on the national mm. papers who picked up on it and you know the story grew by wildfire and one, these medical tests are meant to be confidential. You know, and I say the EFL don't name anyone. It's meant up to the individual clubs. So why did they decide it? Well, they found out about the North End one and decided to sort of go big on this and make a big hoo-ha of it. And the big, the big thing they sort of concentrated on was the fact that North End had returned to contact training on the Tuesday, on Tuesday this week. On Monday, this player had, had his test, then trained on Monday, then I think trained Tuesday. And then the test result came out later, you know, the club learned later that day on Tuesday that the, the test result come back positive. So the big thing was like, oh my God, you know, sort of, you know, under, under the government protocol, um, you know, anyone who came into contact with him is going to have to self-isolate and half a North End squad could be, you know, sitting at home for the next 14 days. But the EFL protocol is that um, unless someone's been within two metres of this player for a prolonged period of 15 minutes or more. Mm. They don't need to self-isolate. Only the player who's actually got the positive test needs to self-isolate. You know, unless someone was sat there hanging hanging from the same player, hanging round, linking arms with him for 15 minutes, breathing down each other's necks. I don't think, you know, the idea is they don't need to self-isolate. So, um, yeah, so... Not pleasant, you know, but, you know, maybe not the big sort of hoo-ha that it was all made out to be on Tuesday night by some of the Nationals. 
Yeah, it's obviously not an ideal scenario, but it's not it's not something that's going to disrupt too much because at, at worst yeah. you're going to lose the individuals mm. in question for a period of time. But yeah. you're not going to lose your squad. It's not really going to going to push anything mm. back, especially when you're looking at those dates in uh, towards the end yeah. of June, really. Yeah, yeah, I think at the moment, you know, like it's, I think Stockley, they found out Stockley's results sort of Friday. So I think his isolation started Friday or Saturday. So it's a seven day thing. So Stockley will probably be back in training early next week. You know, uh, the other player will be back towards the end of the that following week, you know, probably sort of, uh, sort of Wednesday, Thursday of next week. I suppose your test is if you're going to have a positive test, this is not a bad time to have it. Obviously, it's like, this is like the pre-season stage. It's not ideal to get it full stop, but, you know, what you don't want is one of your sort of key players to get it sort of three days before the start of the season, before the start of the restart. And so they're having to isolate for seven days when the matches have started, you know, especially you're going to be playing these matches Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday or whatever, or Friday, Sunday, whatever, you know, Friday, Monday, whatever, however they're doing it. So, you know, sort of a, even a seven day isolation for a positive test, one player could put them out for like three games, you know, so mm. not, not the end of the world, you know, we, the due to start Saturday, the 20th um, yep. at Luton, as things stand, could be the, could be the Friday night on the 19th or it could be the, the Sunday, you know, but it's going to be that weekend. So, yeah, so, yeah, not in doing it too much, but obviously, you know, you, you, you if you go, you know, you don't want any positive tests full stop, but if they're going to yeah. come, maybe it's not the worst time to get them at the moment. You know, as I say, you know, they're going to be carry on being tested throughout the build up to the season and during the season. So, you know, it, you know, if North End did put themselves in the position where, you know, it looked like they're definitely going to get in the playoffs or they need a points to get in the playoffs you don't really want players getting tests you know returning positive tests then mm. I mean we've we've barely talked about it but even although we have mentioned it even the fact that contact training has returned has, has been a, a big thing because that kind yeah. of signals mm. the start of that return now we've had the date since obviously the contact, yeah. contact training started but mm. even that in itself is a big thing and I know there was a, a lot of sort of furor kicked up especially off the back of this coronavirus uh, diagnosis yeah. that, the, um, that they did like a 10v10 game and things like that but even that's a, yeah. a big step from where we've been it's massive yeah if you think you know the what until until Bank Holiday Monday just gone you know the 25th of May hmm. they, they hadn't trained for like 10 weeks or something you know they hadn't, they hadn't kicked footballs had they and then you know the first week you know first week five days training or so was just in small groups, you know, knocking the ball around, lots of sort of running, I suppose, where they could all keep away from each other. And then he started contact training Tuesday this week. Um, when we say contract training, I don't think they're going to be, <laughs> it's not like rugby where they're going to be wrestling each other or scrumming down or anything. Yeah. It's, but it, it, it gives, what it means is it gives, rather than having to be training in grids of five players on a grid, you know, and then the, another five spread further up the pitch at least they can do some sort of tactical shape work I suppose a bit of set piece work and um, yeah, it's hardly going to be suppose... open season there is it they're not going to just throw no. everything oh, oh contract training is back right alright everything back to normal they're still yeah. gonna, they're still going to mm. use the heads where possible and try and keep, yeah. keep everyone keep everyone separate but it just means it's a bit edge closer to normality and normal training and normal shape work and yeah. things like that 
if you think of a shooting practice session, Tom, you know, yeah. you keep telling us what a goal scorer you are at Sunday <laughs> League level, you know, but, you know, but if you think about it, someone can, someone from far more than two metres away can roll a ball into your path to chase, control and, you know, test yourself against a keeper. You don't, you're not within two metres of anyone there, are you? You know, sort of, you know, you've got the whole penalty box to, you know, to work with. So, that counts as contract training, the fact that you're just on the pitch with over, you know, a mix of people. So, uh, you know, it, it's very easy to sort of get dragged into, oh my, you know, this is absolutely disastrous and we, we shouldn't play it down. But I don't think it's, you know, you know, it shouldn't be the most dangerous thing to do a return to training. You know, you can still do quite a lot of work nicely spaced out. The contact, do you, during a 90-minute game, are you going to be in someone's pocket for 15 minutes? I, I don't really know that you're going to be. So, um, Unless yeah. you're an opposition a, midfielder and Ben Pearson is playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You might have to give Ben a face shield or something like that, you know. But <laughs> the, thing is, the thing is, Tom, where um, everyone in life at the moment you know, whatever business you're in, whatever line of work you're in, even in your own life, you're having to think on your feet, aren't you, a little bit about what's the next challenge in front of you, you know, businesses all over the country are thinking, how can we open up properly? Do we have to put certain shields in place? Whatever, you know, do we, you know, do, how can we do the distancing outside a premises or space workers out in an office or on a shop floor? And football's no different than that. It's having to think very quickly. We've never had anything where they've had to plan like this before, haven't we? You know, so, exactly. you know, the world, you know, it's, it's trial and error sometimes as yeah. well. I think that's what, there's not going to be a perfect, there's not a perfect scenario, is there? Yeah, they're quite literally making it up as they go along, but we've kind of got to yeah. understand that because... Yeah. Sounds like the government do? that time, doesn't it? Yeah. Hey, you're enjoying Oi. that soapbox today, aren't you? Bit of politics, a <laughs> little bit of politics. <laughs> we if won't we, if we If we move on then, swiftly, um, <laughs> <laughs> we, if, and we'll look at these... Uh, So there's a plan that could potentially come in place that affords Mm. uh, clubs more subs to be used. Not not, not more stoppages, but more subs. And you see it in the Bundesliga at the moment. It's something FIFA have approved so anyone can take. And it's just kind of down to the championship to decide, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So basically what's proposed, I think they're voting on it next week, is you can, there'll be 20 man match day squads instead of 18. So you'll, instead, you'll have nine subs on your bench instead of seven. Uh, yeah, nine subs instead of seven. You can bring five on mm. instead of three, but you can only, you can't bring them on five subs individually. There'll be uh, just three times when you can bring those subs on, you know. Yeah. So you, you you might have to make a double sub at one point or you could decide to make one at half time or something. And I, I just think the other goal that, the, the break they've had from playing and training is longer than any summer break that players normally get. You know, this is, you know, we're, we're being double figures of weeks. I think by the time we, you know, we, we well into double figures of weeks by the time the season resumes and they'll have just less than four weeks training to get ready for it. When, you know, if you think a normal three seasons about five or six weeks, isn't it? After maybe a sort of seven week layoff. So I think they realise, I think, you know, Football set itself this sort of um, finish point at the end of July. They want everything out of the way. The EFL certainly do, don't they, to avoid 
contract yeah. issues. So they, they've got they've said themselves, well, we've got to finish by the end of July. The the the, the build up to it meant, you know, I think they were hoping to start a bit earlier in June. That's not been the case. So starting on the twentieth of June, they are at the maximum. It's five weekends. It's four midweek games, more four midweek dates to get the actual regular season out of the way, and then a, a sort of shorter period to get the playoffs out of the way. Um, so. Yeah, so they decide, obviously, there's going to be a lot of games in a short space of time after not a great deal of training time. Yeah. And maybe they think players will get fatigued more, maybe a few more muscle injuries. Yeah. So they've got to give some leverage to the club. It is, you know, but some clubs might look at it, well, do they, you know, I, I don't know how individual clubs work, but, you know, do some players get a bonus for coming on, you know, an appearance mm. bonus? Yeah. Is that two more appearance bonuses they're going to have to pay, you know, which, you know, we are in a difficult financial time as well, you know. So yeah. um, I don't think it's going to be a sort of 100% take up by all the clubs, to be honest. You know, I don't mm. think it'd be a 100% vote, but I, I can see it getting through. I, I think it's sensible myself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if Football Manager has taught me anything, there is an unused sub fee in players' contracts. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> under quid for sitting on the bench. Yeah, I know. be all right. Man. I'll take that. Mm. Um, on the topic of still coming back and all this sort of thing, um, we've been a few developments. We'll look at other clubs briefly. It's uh, mm. Charlton in a bit of a, a sticky spot with um, three of their players deciding they're not going to play to protect themselves for next season which mm-hmm. to me is just bizarre I mean uh, yeah. you're mm. contracted to the club and you refuse to play I mean it's just yeah. strange but it is it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of what the kind of times we're in at the moment really I suppose yeah and it, it, it's sort of been half accepted yeah I can see where they're coming from you know it's going to be a later finish to the season but if you're contracted to the club surely you should be playing now if you were to use a normal season, if a player is coming to the end of his contract, like Lyle Taylor is down at Charlton, he's one of the three who doesn't want to play anymore. He's obviously got himself a nice, a, de- a good deal lined up somewhere else for next season. Um, and he doesn't want to injure himself at the moment. It's too much of a risk. Now, if this was a normal season and his contract was running down, he could still have got another move to you know another club you know for the following season would he have down tools in March or April and thought I'm not playing during any games in May or during the playoffs or whatever because I might get injured before that move any player could start saying that well I'm leaving this club in May you know this is this is like imagine if we're our coronavirus free this is seasons going ahead you know is this player is a case of players down in tools thinking, well, you know, I don't want to be playing the last part of the season because I'm, I'm on the move in the summer. You know, it's, it's, it's a bizarre one. It's like, yeah. it's like it's Patrick a, it's Bauer a refusing to, yeah. as well. Yeah, just imagine last season, Patrick Bauer was coming to the end of his contract at Charlton. I don't fancy playing in the playoffs because I might be yeah. moving to Preston. You know, like, it, it, you know, it shouldn't happen. I think if he contracted to the club, I know these are difficult times. It's a lot different, but maybe it shouldn't be such a blank canvas is that we should try and keep to some more normality yeah. so you and know especially for a club that's given the platform to play in the championship exactly yeah you know and like Charlton are going to need those players they're not a bad little side but you know they are struggling a bit at the moment and I know Lyle Taylor's missed part of the season with injury and whatnot but he scores some goals he's a damn good yeah. player you know like you know even even if he just played three or four of the games and you know 
scored two or three goals, that could make such a difference down at the bottom. You know, like I do feel sorry for him because you know, as a club, I like going to Charlton. I like I like the ground. I like the people mm. there. You know the. You know, they've had a, a, you know, recently, you know, they've had, they've had some dodgy owners, you know, they've had, you yeah. know, they've had trouble. They had to ground share for a long time and things like that. It's just one of them clubs that, I, you know, I like going to and, I, you know, yeah. I, I wish him well and I hope I'd, I'd rather them stay up. And I think they'll have a better chance staying up if they keep hold of, uh, you know, the players, but they've got three of them that don't want to play. One yeah. of them's on loan, David Davis from Birmingham, maybe you could as a loan player. You've not got as much loyalty, have you? You know, you've got to maybe yeah. think of what's happening at your parent club. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. it's, it's easy for us to sit well here in judgment, season. isn't it? Yeah, so. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. That's Tom, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, worth pointing out as well on the topic of Lyle Taylor, who is uh, reportedly getting a, uh, a life-changing move, according to uh, Lee Bowyer, that, that life-changing move won't be coming to Preston. <laughs> no, so he was linked with that, and uh, yeah. he was linked with Preston, he was linked with Galatasaray, and uh, I, I'm, 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 you know, and I, I think Rangers and Celtic could be mentioned. I won't be surprised if he moves beyond these shows, if you know what I mean. Mm. And, you know, and the Bosman, I know, I know, I know players agent can negotiate behind you know sort of you know in, in the background whatever to whoever they want you know but officially at this time if you're going to be moving abroad or you're going to be moving up to Scotland or whatever you can be negotiating freely at this time yeah. so it's maybe he knows he's already got yeah maybe he knows he's already got a big Bosman on the table but I thought you know I'm, I'm not being disrespectful for any you know about North End budget or anything I don't think what North End would offer will be what Lee Bowie described as a, a game, you know, as a sort of life-changing experience, you know. So, yeah. you know, that's not being rude. That's just being realistic. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Charlton are going to be pay- paying all right money for a, a 30-year-old striker as well. So it's not going to be, mm. you know, a, a championship level. It's not going to mm. be a life-changing difference. And, and if we will we'll segue nicely onto uh, mm. North End have been linked with other with other players and, and things yeah. like that. But North End just aren't aren't in that in that sort of place at the moment, are they? They're not looking they're not looking to make deals happen until mm-hmm. everything's kind of sorted. It, it, that that's the uh, situation, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think many clubs are, to be honest. You know, they're not in a position to, you know, I think I spoke to Peter Ridsdale, no offence advisor, earlier in the week. And he said, look, we're just concentrating on making sure we've got enough money to pay the players what they're, you know, what we already have on the books and what we're contracted to pay them, um, you know, and do that. And, you know, we said we can't be thinking of signings at the moment, you know, now. Don't worry, you know, North End will speak to agents, you know, on a daily basis probably, you know, it's just part of courtesy calls, seeing what's happening, you know, but they cannot sit down at the moment and think, right, we can go for him, him, him and him and try and get rid of him or whatever. It's just, at the moment, it's just got to be quite a sort of tunnel focus until the end of the season, you know. All being well, if you think about it, if they're going to be putting any plans in place, you've, North End are going to have to be planning for both the Championship and the Premier League. You know, yeah. if, the, if the target is to get in the playoffs, and you know, they are, remember they are in sixth spot at the moment. You know, there is a chance that they, they might end up in the Premiership. I don't know if they will or not, but you know, your shopping is going to be different if they're in the Championship or if they're in the Premier League. You know, so you know, I don't think you can commit too much at the moment, really. 
and if North End do get promoted, it, it changes a lot in terms of contracts. Obviously, it's a funny situation at the moment with a few expiring and a few being let go. This is mm. it, it changes the whole the whole atmosphere around contracts because as as much as North End obviously aren't looking for new players as such, there is still mm. the ongoing issue of uh, Alan Brown, Ben Pearson, and Ben Davies approaching the last twelve months. Of yeah, the contracts mm-hmm. and things like that, and and it's just all so kind of up in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think what's up in the air as well, Tom, is what the transfer market's going to look like. You know, they, I presume if they finish late July, I think August is going to be the sort of rest month, maybe you know a couple of weeks off, and then you know a couple of weeks back training. I think they want to resume sometime in September. The transfer window is going to probably be through August into September. Might they might even have to stretch the transfer window a little bit, you know, beyond, you know, sort of slightly different circumstances. You know, they like to shut the window when the season starts. They might have to give a little bit more leeway. But it'd be just it's really going to be interesting what this transfer window looks like, how the market's going to be, you know, as a backside falling out of it. You know, and a, a players particularly want to go and they'd be pushing for a move, knowing, well, I've got a bit of security at a club at the moment. I'd rather sit on my contract that they've got rather than be pushing for something else, you know. So, and that's at any level, you know, like, you know, some, some Premier League players might have had the eye on the move. They might be thinking, well, might give it another 12 months or something. It'd be, it'd be really interesting how it looks, you know, to sort of, uh, a big Jim White yellow tie transfer <laughs> deadline day. I just can't see, I can't see there being a lot happening. I really can't, no, you know. So no. I, I think it'd I be a, was big, a, yeah. a big sign of how well clubs are run. Because you think mm. those, that, those that are generally run nearer to neutral, because everyone's yeah. working at a loss, those nearer neutral will hope, will, you'd think would be in a better situation to make moves come the transfer yeah. window. That those yeah. that mm. rely on that influx of of cash every every summer, whether it's TV or or player mm. sales. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I tell you one thing, Tom. I wouldn't like to be a player on a free transfer this summer who gets released. You know, like we talked about, like Life Taylor there at Charlton. Now he's obviously a player in demand, but if your player has been released, not had a lot of football this season for whatever reason, not you know, not not made the side too often. You know, it's going to be a difficult market for players, isn't it? You know, to go out and sort of, you know, clubs aren't going to be wanting to spend a lot, and no, it's it's going to be a really weird one. You know, so uh, no, that. I certainly want to watch. Yeah, and uh, just lastly on the the whole coming back thing, QPR have come out and said they're they're very much against it, and it it it's kind of sums up that the, the mood generally mm-hmm. throughout it, it it's very mixed, and it's it, people can be quite quite apprehensive as much as it's a case of mm-hmm. full steam full steam ahead at the moment. There are still a yeah. lot of apprehensions around the return. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, QPR were very vocal, aren't they? I think. I think Sheffield Wednesday's manager Gary Monk said mm. this morning as well that they'd been caught unprepared by this June the 20th. Now, that, that surprises me a little bit because June the 20th has been banded around for quite a few weeks now. You know, mm. I know North End have planned the 20th as like their starting date and have tried to, you know, for quite a while now. So I don't know why it's taken some clubs by surprise, although. You know, clubs will have the different things. Is four weeks training enough before the start of the season? You know, and uh, you know, but I think I think June the twentieth is about the latest they can start. If they're going to finish by the end of July, which was this deadline which the EFL sort of set themselves, you know, and sort of tied themselves to, and have maybe restricted things a little bit too much. But um, I, I don't know. You know, everyone's entitled to a view. Um, I just think 
you know, now they've decided to get going, I just hope they can. You know, once they've set the plan, just let's get towards June the 20th. Let's get going. Get this season out of the way. It's going to be a weird one. How You know, whoever goes up and down, whoever wins things, you know, it's going to have a big asterisk next to it, isn't it, in the record, you know, and, you know, this is a season where the season was halted. This season's going to last just short of 12 months, isn't it? Think about it. Finishing at the end of July, I think I think we kicked off at Millwall 3rd of August, wasn't it, yeah. last year? So it's, it's going to be a long old season and uh, maybe, you know, get this season played, get promotion and relegation sorted out. And they can have a reboot, you know, in August, you know, by the time the season's finished in August, we can have a rethink. Hopefully we're a lot further down the road from this coronavirus, you know, hopefully, you know, all the graphs we see are heading in the right direction and, you know, you know, this thing, I'm not saying eradicated, but, you know, we can be a lot more on top of it than we are at the moment. And, you know, maybe a bit more normality ready for next season, whether, whether a September start would see fans back in at the moment, I'm not too sure. It could be, you know, some time after that. But, you know, it, it's been a, a real strange old year so far. And, uh, you know, let's just get the season out of the way. Let's get it finished. Um, however unsatisfactory it might be, but just just get it played to a finish. And then, you know, hopefully the 2020 2021 season can be, you know, a lot less sort of eventful, you know, hopefully eventful on the pitch, but, you know, not as eventful off it. Yeah. I mean, you say there's going to be an asterisk next to anyone's name when, when you when you finish the season. It could have been mm-hmm. even worse. That I suppose we're lucky that we're even, even getting the games played out as it's still potential yeah. that mm-hmm. everywhere below the championship won't, won't finish the games. Yeah, it looks like well, League Two have voted, haven't they? Too, they they want to curtail the season that is is now. Uh, League One are likely to follow suit, but there's, there's some big clubs in League One who want to carry on playing big, League as in separate. some big clubs, as in big physical clubs. You know, Sunderland are you know a big club of things, fan base and whatever. And we've got some big voices in that division. You know, Peterborough yeah. being very vocal about wanting to you know finish the season. Derek McCann, you know, really, really. I can see exactly where he's coming from with, you know, yeah, he's outspoken. He said he speaks a lot, but he speaks a lot of sense to me. I quite like the guy, Mm -hmm. to be fair. Um, So, yeah, you know, it could be, you know, League One finishes and they just, you just have the playoffs, you know, and whatever scenario they choose, there's going to be someone who misses out. There's going to be someone who goes down who doesn't feel that they should do. Um, you know, and it's, you know, it's all the, all the, all the way it ripples down, doesn't it? To, you know, even, you know, even non-league level, you know, the National League is still waiting to see whether they're, whether anyone will get promoted from the National League back into the Football League. You know, Barrow are top at the moment, aren't they? You know, they, they want to see if there's a chance of getting back into the Football League. They've been playing some super stuff up there. So, you know, just so, so many things to be resolved, you know. So and the National League don't want to play like, without you know, fans next season either, yeah. do they? Because they can't, they can't afford it. There's so many yeah. different sort of... Well, that, that, that's, that's, that, that's been an argument, hasn't it? A lot of League One and League Two clubs think it'll be more expensive to play behind closed doors mm. than it will be sort of just curtailing the season. But... I don't think even come September, I don't think the doors are going to be wide open, are they, for for spectators? You know, the the best case scenario, you might be able to 
operate on a reduced capacity i don't know mate i don't know if they're looking at those plans that you know maybe you can now have a quarter of your capacity open you know and spread the fans around you know that might be one way of doing it but it's still going to be losing revenue i don't, I don't think there's a magic wand to all this it could be could be you know there was talk of you know crowds can only come back in when they found the vaccine now they're talking about well well, you know, is this thing going to need a vaccine in the end or will it die out a bit more, you know, and turn into something less potent? I don't know. The sort the you know, the football's having to be guided at times by science, isn't it, on things like that. So uh no, it's a it's a strange old one. Yeah, and uh, just on the topic of, of fans, North End have announced that there won't be any um any refunds for season ticket holders, at least at the moment, uh, yeah. mm. for the time being. Um mm. And I, th- I suppose that the hope will be that with games coming back, they may be able to sort something out through iFollow or something like mm. that. But at the yeah. moment, with with everything that's gone on and having play, paid the players in in full throughout, the club's just not in a position to refund fans. But that has that has angered quite a lot of them, which which I can understand in the in the obviously they pay for something that they're not getting. Mm. But I suppose there's there's two sides to it, isn't there? Yeah, I thought. To be fair, I was off last week when the announcement was made. I had a week off, and like when I saw it, I thought, oh, there might be a bit of a storm here. Now, I've seen, to be fair, I've seen more on the supporting side, especially on Twitter. You know, I can only use social media as a guide, but on, on Twitter, especially, the people on there, quite a lot of the comments were, well, I never expected a refund. I, you know, I hadn't even crossed my mind as long as I can watch the games in some form or another. Now, obviously, there are others who will have a different view. I want my money back. And it depends. You know, I can understand if people want the money back, they want to spend it on something else. You know, if they're being furloughed, if they're not working, or if they're taking a pay cut or, or whatever, you know, every penny counts. Um, but on some, you know, there have been a lot who have said, look, as long as I can watch the match, as long as I can get a subscription to iFollow or however it will be, now, if you got all your money back from a season ticket and then had to splash out again on iFollow, you probably wouldn't be making much of a sort of, you know, you, you, you wouldn't be getting much money back, you know. So I don't know if there's some way they can do it maybe of, you know, if you're a season ticket holder, you get an iFollow pass for the rest of this, this season and maybe, yeah. you know, something off next season's ticket almost, you know, or some goodwill gesture there, you know, if there's some way they can do it. Club shop voucher or something like that. Yeah, you know, you know, like uh, just on next season season ticket, you know, like if there's some kind of reduction they can do there, you know, I'm I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, it's it's a difficult one because, you know, a lot of of season ticket money came in, you know, this time, like well, sort of last summer and has been spent, I suppose, hasn't it? You know, so... Mm. uh, you know, but you know, but I can see both arguments. I think you know, people, you know, I can see people saying, "Yeah, I follows enough for me." That sort of formal. I want to see those last four games or something on I follow or nine games, or whatever. Uh, or that, it's four home games, isn't it? You know, I want to see those on I follow, and don't want to have to pay for I follow. That will do as to balance things out. But then I can see exactly people who thought, "Well, I've paid out a lot of money, budget's tight, you know, and I need that money for something else," you know, so. Yeah, a tricky one, a tricky one. Yeah. On the balance of things, coming back, mm-hmm. do you think do you think it's the right time? Taking away that 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 they are coming back to play football, mm-hmm. if there was the decision there as to when to come back. Do you think it's do you think it's currently safe to come back? I, th- I think so, within reason. I think. I th- 
if, if, if you really had to push me on it, I thought setting themselves was, had to finish by the end of July, box themselves into a corner. Maybe, you know, a sort of rather than June, they could have started in July and played throughout July and into August and then started next season, maybe late September into October and just squeeze the fixture list. But um, it, it, I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all on all argument on this. Is there a sort of... Um, you've got to bear in mind that they've got to get next season finished before the Euros in 2021. And then in 2022, you've got the World Cup partway through the season in Qatar. It's a winter World Cup. So football's almost having to work. Your calendar's working on the sort of different cycles, isn't it? You know, to, to the Euros or to the World Cup. So I, I think it would be just about, you know, I think it's just about safe. You know, Germany's done it probably... It's good that another big country, a big footballing country, has done it. And Germany looks like they've done it very well. I've got to admit, from what I've seen, um, again they're playing behind closed doors. It's not ideal, but they seem to be making the best of it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping football can over here. You know, you do hear oh, people are putting money before, you know, you know, it's a sport, but you know, money's being put first. But at the end of the day, these professional football clubs, they are businesses and they need to start, don't they? Just as, you know, just like Starbucks is opening up, like McDonald's is opening up. They've got to somehow, you know, sort of make it, you know, open the doors and start bringing some money in again, you know, however, however they have to do that. And it is a difficult one when we're turning the telly on every night and, we're seeing the press conferences from the government. We're seeing the figures, you know, which are coming down in the right direction, but not as quickly as in other countries and whatever. And, you know, it is hard to balance out. You know, we're, we're, I've, I've said it before to anyone I've had a conversation with, we are a frightened society at the moment. Mm. You know, we people were frightened. They willingly went into lockdown. And I, it's very easy to get people to lock down. I think it's far more difficult to open it up at the other end. And I think they found that. I really do, you know, on all levels of society and football is just part of that, you know. So, but, you know, I think somehow we need to get some normality back in our lives and football's a business, you know, it's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure for a lot of us, but it is a business, you know, for the people who run it and put the money in and for the people who play it, you know, and um, they do need to get back. But, you know, Maybe, you know, the initial target of starting early June might have been a little bit too premature, but, you know, midway, just beyond the midpoint of June is probably about right, I'd say. Yeah, I suppose there's very few businesses going mm. around where people pay to stand around for for an hour and a half just to watch yeah. the business sort of take place. Because I guess mm. if, if, you, if you look at it in a sort of cold, hard way, that's, that's all that happens. They, those, those players are there to play football. That's what they're paid for. Paid for, and people go to watch them, watch them do it. At the end of the yeah. day, they've got to try and get that get that going. I suppose it's probably mm-hmm. important for the economy and things like that. I don't yeah. look too much into mm-hmm. all that sort of thing, but it's. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's just the first cog in getting things back yeah. going for for a lot of people. If if we're going to be, you know, if, if you're looking just away from sport for a minute, Tom, if you're looking at like, um, you know, all the different phases that the government has set out for opening mm-hmm. things, most things seem to be, the plan is for most places to be open by sort of 
end of the summer, aren't they? You know, they're talking about yeah. schools, you know, some schools around here at the moment aren't opening, are they? They've been told it's not safe, but another part of the country, schools are partly reopening. We're seeing the rest fast food places are reopening. They're hoping to get the hospitality industry going again. They're hoping to get hairdressers going again in July. For one I can't wait for, I've got to yeah. admit. So, um, yeah. you know, get me short back and sides back. Uh, yeah. I think, I think I'll be joining the hippie encampment at this rate. But, uh, I keep finding but, straight but, hairs but you, that have been pulled. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, but you know what it's like. You know, like a lot of other businesses that are opening now and have, uh, you know, sort of being, you know, or on the way to opening and football is is in the queue as well. You know, it's uh, it's another strand of our economy which is opening again. So just trying to get itself going again. Football as well, I think I think it's got the public image, hasn't it? It has to be seen to be doing the right thing at the right time. You know, sort of um you know if if you know if another shop opens up quickly there doesn't seem to be as much criticism yet if a football team wants to start training you know there's a lot of scrutiny you know so uh mm. You know, if people are going to queue for three hours outside IKEA, yeah. you know, think, think, yeah, yeah. you know, it'd be nice that footballers can actually go back and train. And a half to get some Swedish furniture, but <laughs> were you in the queue, Tom? You're, you're, you're no, sort no, of a, no, a new homeowner. I expect you to. Yeah. I've made an order, which I thought was Never coming yet. for the sixth of June, and it turns out it's coming sixth of July. So that added, a, I don't know, right. four weeks onto my wait, but. Uh, it begins yeah, with I'm J, that's order. all right, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> June, July, yeah, don't make a lot of Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least I've got a bed now, though. That's I mean, Not that anyone listening actually cares whether I've got a bed or not, but at least I'm not on a mattress <laughs> on the floor anymore. But, yeah. Do you care uh, that Tom's got a bed or not? Right yeah, into yeah. our... <laughs> Get in touch. <laughs> Send us your views. if you care. Yeah, are you bothered that Tom's? Are you bothered that Tom's had to sleep on a mattress on his own for you know on, on the bedroom floor for the last sort of three months or not? You know, answers on the postcard, please. Yeah, and, a, and a, in, a, in an old sofa in the front room as well. We got got the sofa and the bed delivered within a, about a week of each other. It was great. It was almost like we lived here. It was it was weird. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> not just walked in off the street but anyway so you, to, uh, <laughs> so you don't you don't advise becoming new homeowners for the first time just on the uh, as a pandemic starting you know so. yeah if, if if anyone's out there choosing whether or not to do it around the time of a pandemic it slows yeah. things down a lot that's the, yeah. <laughs> that's what i can say but you do we want to tell your children and grandchildren quickly. Yeah, you can tell your children and grandchildren about this one in, in the future, Tom, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Time the first house of the global pandemic. Great Absolutely, stuff. Absolutely, yeah. And no yeah. football to get me through it either. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, if you can survive the first three months with your girlfriend in the house like that, you sort of for the rest of your lives, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Play sailing for me, mate. <laughs> problem is whether she'll uh, allow more football to be watched. So she's she had, it, she had it pretty good so far. She's not a fan of football, but whether, not, when, oh. the, when the football comes back, I'll be allowed to watch it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch this space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, is, is there anything else uh, Anything else coming to mind, Dave? I think that's about it for, for uh, no, one. Just... I just hope everyone's okay out there who's listening, you know, sort of, uh, you know, when you do give this a listen, thank you for doing it. Um, keep reading the LEP website or the paper, you know, sort of uh, hope, you know, and for your news and uh, whatnot, which, you know, we've worked all the way through this pandemic trying to, you know, it's difficult, hasn't it? You know, bringing football news when there's not been a lot of happening, but we've—I think we've managed to do it. But you know, if it, the main thing is, you know, if it, it, you know, if we're, if we're all staying fit and healthy and trying to observe the rules, I know, I know a lot of attention is on people who don't who don't stick to the rules or have 
being flouted and it being flocking to the beach. But I still think they're in the minority, and I think a lot of people yeah. are sort of doing the best, aren't they? You know, to get through this, and you just hope there's a little bit of end in sight now, anyway. So yeah. we can all start getting back to some kind of normality as, as time goes on. You know, we can we can all walk around with a decent haircut and sort of a cup of coffee in our hands or whatever, go to the pub, you know. But slow steps, but we'll get there, you know. But yeah. um, but you know, I think. On the football side of things, Tom, if we, you know, as a plane flies over at my house here, that's a sign of normality <laughs> going on on the flight path to Wharton. No, but on the football side of it, I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of hoo-ha, a lot of focus on these COVID-19 testing, on, you know, whether, you know, we are coming back at the right time too early or whatever. But I think once the football actually gets going, once they kick off again, that's what we all want, isn't it? That's what we're all looking forward to. And I think, you know, once the games kick kick off, maybe, you know, we're back in a routine then. And I don't know, the stadiums are empty and whatever, and we'll be watching on telly and whatever. But at least it's a step in the right direction. And I think uh, could probably, you know, from the 20th of June when it all starts, can actually start talking more about the football than of the sort of, you know, the financial issues and the politics and, you know, and this dreadful house. virus around it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and my house. <laughs> and your house, yeah. 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 So. The sooner it, my house is no longer a topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it shows yeah. we've got a bit more to talk about. <laughs> yeah, next, next week we've got a podcast special on Tom's new house. <laughs> yeah, I've got more deliveries coming in and uh, <laughs> we'll go through. I should do an unboxing and put it on the LEP. I'm sure that'll do great. It will be, it will be, yeah, yeah. Right, well, um, what there is to say, though, is to make sure to keep in touch with us and keep following all the uh, other stories like Dave mentioned. If you keep in touch with uh, at LEP underscore football on Twitter, at at said underscore LEP for Dave's Twitter and at Tom Sandals for mine. There's always going to be North End stories going up every day and we'll have everything as soon as it happens and uh, at the LEP so um, other than that thank you very much for listening thank you